All right, guys, if you missed out on Freight Fest 2023, I feel for you. I know you're punching air. However, Freight Fest 2024 is going to come sooner than you think. Right now, go to www.freightfest.com. Early bird tickets are available. Listen, we're already planning for next year. It's going to be crazy. We are already lining up the speakers. Uh, make sure you stay tapped in with us for all the updates, but get your early bird tickets right now for Freight Fest 2024, happening on September 26th through the 29th at the Royal Sinesta Galleria Hotel in Houston, Texas. All right. Go to www.freightfest.com for more updates. I can't wait to see y'all there. Let's go. So, long story <laughs> short, um, I, I, I get my CDL. It take me four attempts, man. I failed three times. Four attempts. Yeah. On on the driving portion, what'd you what'd you fail? On the driving portion, it was that clutch, bro. Uh, uh, coming out. I think it was a setup from the get go between me and you. Yeah, yeah. Yo, my, somebody um, always setting this guy up, yeah. man. I don't know. I don't know yo, what's going on here. We, something's starting to get fishy. Yeah, get yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but but look, we coming out the gate and the, there's a uh, incline hill. Yeah. And you know if you if you stall a truck and the CDL test is oh, instant fail, bro. It's a wrap. Yo, this is the most humbling experience of my life. Mm. I'm coming out and I stall on the hill the first time. I pass everything else flying colors. Time for my test, stall. And then when you stall, you got to take the truck out. You got to go around. You got to do a long little course. Yeah. It's just like the same ride you're doing yeah. if you was going to pass. Yeah. So I'm literally doing that knowing I already failed, bro. <laughs> Can you imagine how that it's like feels? The walk, like, of, the yeah, walk of shame. The walk of shame, yo. It's the driver shame. <laughs> the driver like shame. to be able to go around, it's like a two mile circuit. Yeah, so yeah. You feel yeah. it every inch of that mile. Like, man. Right, right, it, right. It really broke my spirit. Um, and then my mom, she was letting me know. She's like, yo, go, go try again. Cause I was at that point. I was two times in on feeling at that daggone incline. Right. So I had um I called my uncle Gerard, who was driving at the time. I was like, yo, give me some advice on the on the clutch. He's like, find your friction point. I said, ah, I said, you son of a son of a. Mm. That right there did it. So I get to the test. Before I even get to the hill, I find my friction point on the flat surface. The friction point is you let the clutch up a little bit, about halfway or 25%, and then you feel that tug. Once you feel that little tug, that lets you know you got enough momentum to come up off of that clutch and follow up with the gas. Mm. So me finding that, and what? I pull out that test. You was with it. Now she tried to switch it up on me. She's like, what was that last sign right there? I was like, what? I was like, yo, I didn't even know that part existed. Yo. Keep your eyes moving. Man, I, hit her, I hit her with something. I was like, yo, I said, blind kid playing. I said, blind kid at play. I ain't know if that sign said that. Right. I'll be 100 with you. Right. I just I just know that that's one of those signs. Right, right, I'm like, right. blind kid at play. She was like, she just, she's, she's like, she's okay. accepted it. She's right. like, I can't argue that one. She so, probably didn't even see she what probably the sign was. Yeah. So that helped me, you know, that helped me get, get through my test real easy. Um, Just 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 applying and, and, and asking for advice from my elders. That's so funny, man. Thinking about those uh those driving tests. Um, man. You know, I, I, I remember I got my CDL in 2004. Is it still and, active? Yes. Oh, man. Yes. It's, it's very active. Yes. I remember, I'm man. Call I remember you, bro, if I need the, a trip recovered. The, the pre trip, you know uh -huh. what I'm saying? Uh, check the oil, uh -huh. make sure all of that. Yeah. And then the back end and all that. That uh -huh. was that was That's a my good old Alley Alley docking, your back end. That was some good stuff. Yeah, man. man. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do that. That's real. You know? That's real. And I wish they would. I wish more people would take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's enlightening, you know. Like I said, my mother was a substance abuse abuse counselor for so long that she wanted to see the world. Fastest and easiest way for her to accommodate that was get a CDL. Yeah. So my mom's just rocking a CDL, like in out here, being Yo. able to switch up her her day to day activity and just seeing things and live a little bit. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. All right. So you get the CDL. What happens next? Oh man, it's turning burn time. I'm thinking. I'm thinking owner operator off the rip. I wasn't thinking company driver. Um, I started doing the comparables. Me, me making the money with forex allowed me to see money in a different light. 
I mean, me being a father now to a, my only son at the time allowed me to see things at an even greater light. I got to be accountable and I got to make enough money and multiply enough money to be able to, you know, sustain this family. Yeah. Um, so I go right to KLLM and the first conversation they had with me is like company driver, owner, operator. And I'm like, yo, I said, I don't know what company driver is, bro. <laughs> Just show me owner, operator. Right. Um, so I got into a truck with my man, uh, Ernest Moore. Salute, salute, shout to Ernest. Um, uh, Earl Moore, sorry about that. And Earl was able to teach me the maneuvering of the truck that I did that I, that I probably lapsed in. Right. And I was able to teach him the systems of being able to record his um, maintenance intervals, um, how to actually do fuel. Back then, they didn't even have a fuel calculator. It wasn't calculating fuel. They were just pumping. Right. And the one phrase they would say, watch how much you pump because it's going to be coming out of our paycheck. Right. And I'm like, yo, that don't sound right, bro. I need to know this. Yeah. So I started coming up and divvying up formulas for all of this stuff. Um, the fuel formula now that everybody's using was a part of my knowledge base that I developed. This is like 2006, um, seven, eight around that time. Mm. So the fuel formula is this. Um, you go 700 miles, you take your 700 miles, and you, you actually divide that into how much miles per gallon your truck is getting. And that's going to tell you how many gallons you need. But I always add 10 gallons on top of that because no matter where I get to, I'm never going to be running out of fuel. But the kick to the 10 gallons is you got five trips a week, right? You added 10 gallons per trip. That's 50 extra gallons at the end of the week, right? Now you got free, uh, close to a free trip of fuel. So even if your last load for the week wasn't paying substantially enough, you already negated a portion of that revenue towards the fuel to go to your pocket. Mm. You know what I mean? So we, I was developing ways to keep money right. and, and, and track money. And it was just a beautiful thing. Did that come from your aviation uh, experience? Is that I think I think it did. Yeah, I think it did. Um, breaking down numbers and, and and formulating systems. Got you, got you. All right, that's dope. So you said you you didn't even think about being a uh, company driver. You went no. straight to owner operator. So you said you were, you were team driving with. I had to. You know, okay. When you first come out, you gotta you gotta have a trainer. Um, and they asked me specifically what kind of trainer I want. I said I want an elder. I want to. I want somebody who's actually been out here more than five years. Okay. Because you know now they'll put you on a training with the same cat that just came out of school with you. Right. Like nah, bro. How you learning? <laughs> what y'all learning? The Each blind, the blind leading the you know blind. What I'm saying? Each other's mistakes. Uh, so that was a beautiful uh, beginning, man. Earl tried to ask me to be permanent on his truck because it was such a good. He seen a uh, he seen a fifteen to twenty percent revenue growth just from the three months I was on his truck. Right. And that's not the team. You know how they make money off the team drivers and stuff. That that's not even including any of that. Yeah. It's just the sensibility of him knowing his spread now. Got um, you. So, so that, that fuel consumption. That fuel, yep. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Fuel. For sure. And then trip management. Um, okay, talk about that. Teaching them how to route themselves to the right lanes. Um, Atlanta, KLM had two hubs at the time. Uh, one was in Atlanta and one was in Portage. Um, Earl was based out of Dallas. So he would have to leave Dallas and try to get to one of those two hubs to make uh, generate a positive revenue. So I said, why don't we get a load going to the Portage uh, realm? Because Atlanta's oversaturated already. Is everybody that comes in KLM gonna go straight to Atlanta? Right. I said, let's go to the to the to the portal that nobody's thinking about going to because we'll have more options for freight. And then on top of that, the Midwest is always booming, no matter what time of year. Ohio and Indiana. If you want to make bread, if you got a truck moving right now, your truck should touch Ohio no, a minimum of three times a week. Mm. If you want to bust bust out the gross. Um, so at the time, me telling him to let's go to Portage, he was he ain't understand it until we got up there, and then we was just killing freight, man. Wow. Killing freight. We're talking about $4,000 weeks. Like, and this is me after I get in my own trucks, four to $5,000 weeks. If net. Yeah, if, if, if you want to catch fish, man, go where there's no fishermen. You, exactly. you know what I'm saying? There you go. This is it. wide open. It was wide open. That's dope. That's dope. So you said he he, he showed how much of a, a growth? 15% minimum. 15%. Yep. So he didn't want to let you go. He didn't want to let me go. He was like, bro, he said, yo, can I keep you riding the truck? I'm like, nah. 
It's like I'm, I got my own. I got my own chapter to uh, carve out. Okay, respectfully, so you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's get into that. What? How, how do you separate from him, and how do you get into your own thing? I, I go back and I take the owner operator um, class they had. Um, they just want they want you to come in and they want you to make sure you understand the numbers and stuff. I was just breaking down. Yeah. The irony of that, they asked me to understand it, but they ain't teaching nothing. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Like, I didn't understand that. How you asking me, are you, are you gauging my understanding on something that you say you have, but the right. previous drivers don't have it? Right. So I went in there and then I picked out my truck. Um, and this is this is where it got really interesting. It's um, like a lease to own? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, I picked out a 2009 truck in 2008. Um, and while I was going through that class, I met my one of my good friends, Taurus. And he actually became my first driver when I, when I, when I kicked off, kicked off. Okay. But me and him, we both was like... He was like, yo, what do, how do I pick a truck? I said, I said, all right, this is what you got to do. Now, all of a sudden, everybody in the class is coming around. I'm like, I got to go down there. I got to get the maintenance report, first of all. Right. And that, this is this is the, the airplane stuff kicking in. I'm like, get the maintenance report, find everything they done on that truck. I said, the bigger the maintenance report, the better that truck go be. Right. Like, I don't know why. I was like, it's just, <laughs> I was just like a stick love, just whatever. Yeah. Um, so we all down there, it was, it was like 12 of us in the class. Okay. That 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 one week, the um the facilitator said we've never seen nobody ask for the maintenance report. Right. <laughs> she, she was like, huh? Right. She had to even figure out how to get it. Yeah. So I was like, we're gonna be patient, we just gonna go to lunch. So we go to Golden Corral around the corner, come back, and everybody had their maintenance reports for the trucks they picked out. Right. Some trucks got left and then some trucks got taken. Um, my truck was was a perfect truck at that moment. Um, so that just, man, I was turning and burning. Mm. I left uh, Mississippi, my orientation location, and I went straight to Atlanta for my little week off. And then after that, they say you want to be in Atlanta or Portage. Yeah. I said, nah, send me to Portage. Okay. So every every two weeks, that's where I would be at. Nonstop. Nonstop running, man. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So how long did you do that? Uh, I did that for uh, enough to almost pay off the truck. Okay. So well, that was in, like in two and a half, three years. So two and a half, three years. Two and a half, three years. I dedicated to KLM learning the systems and learning uh, the on-operator realm, mm-hmm. learning maintenance intervals, learning, learning. I met so many mechanics on the road. Um, I'm the guy, if you come to work on my truck, I'm going to test your knowledge base for one. Even if I don't know nothing, I'm going to still test your knowledge base because I don't want you messing up my truck. Right. You know, this truck's costing $700 a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I put, right, a, right. I put an extra K on that. Right. You know? Um, right. <laughs> so that just in that alone allowed me to get more information and more knowledge. Yeah. Because I didn't I didn't tap into the diesel side until I got into the CDLs. Mm. So with every, and this is just a tidbit for anybody out there, any, with every person that comes to touch your equipment, learn from them. You know what I mean? Whether whether it's, hey, how often should I change this filter? Or whether it's, hey, how often should I drain these tanks? All of that is applied knowledge. And if you got a, a, a experienced mechanic about to touch your equipment, that's a blessing to you. So I was just tapping in. Now I stopped with them. Yeah, so so how, how important would you say that that three-year uh, experience was to your business moving forward? Like, would you tell somebody to go that same exact route if they were trying to get into this industry? I would. Yeah. I would. You got to crawl before you walk, you know, um, especially with the way people are shopping trucks right now. You buy a truck and it'll mess up your whole trajectory. Mm. You'd be the wrong truck. Anybody got maintenance reports no more. Right. You know, they're not pushing that um, learn your equipment no more. They're just putting a number on it. If the number's good for you and you got the credit and you got the money, the down payment, it's yours. But when you get that, you got a lemon. They don't know the, you know, the miles, perimeters, it's so much. Right. Um, I'd rather, if you, got, if you got a chance to learn from somebody that's older than you or somebody that's been in this industry, take advantage of it. Find a mentor. Find somebody who's actually actually doing what it is you want to do. Yeah. You know, um, and this is one of those things, man. You got you to gotta have proof in the pudding. 
Got you, 100%. All right, so three years, you you rock out with KLM. Mm-hmm. What, what? KLM shafted me, man. <laughs> I didn't want to say it because I knew he's like, yo, everybody get my mans, man. But that's the growth. God, the, man. Yo, I take growth from, from I already else. knew this, so somebody did something to you. Yeah, I yo, told you that. I'm out here for vengeance, man. Like, <laughs> I told you that. You know? Um, you going to say I shafted you by nah, this nah, interview. Nah, like, yo, nah, Chuck, nah, nah. I'll shoot you in the dirt. Nah, he ain't let me drop the interview rap. Guys, so what happens? They shaft you Yeah, yo, with lease owner operators, the part that they don't tell you about is you have a confinement of where you can get that truck worked on. So you think you can get that truck worked on at Tom, Dick, and Hanks, but nah, bro. They had a limitation of who I could take it to and, and et cetera. So I'm down to like three months left on this, this lease. I'm about to pay this truck off. My first truck. I'm like, oh, snap. Right. I was working that hard. Two and a half years. Hard body. I get down to two, uh, two months. I have a clutch issue, man. This is how I started learning all about the clutches, too. Okay. So my clutch is going out and... Um, in uh, Indianapolis. Okay. And this is around Christmas time. I got to try to get home. Almost didn't make it home. They said, every shop is closed in the area. They said, we got, we need you to take your truck to this particular shop and this particular shop only. So they actually restricted me mm. of where I could take it to. To me, that's the realm of liability. Yeah. Right? The moment it happened, I was like, okay, y'all taking ownership of anything that they that they do or don't do right. Facts. So I, I, I'm in a hotel for like a day and a half. They working on my clutch. I needed a new flywheel. Um, I get my clutch, my joints still hitting the floor. I ain't get no pressure, no nothing. Go back in there. So I'm in there another day. Now it's like, um, I'm getting my truck out. It's Christmas Eve. So I'm, I'm high-tailing to Atlanta. And I ain't even realizing my clutch still ain't working. Right. I'm floating by this time. Right. So I ain't even, I don't care about you the clutch. As long as I yep. get in that first gear, you good money. I'm, I'm, I'm scooting. Yeah. And I had a load on me too. So, and it's a reefer load. Okay. So you already know. Reefer load, I was already in that hotel for two and a half days. Oh, yeah. First, I, bro, I, I literally had a gas can putting gas in the daggone reefer tank. Yeah, the cold while chain. While the truck was at the, you know I mean, to keep it moving. Keep, while yep, the truck was the at the cold thing. chain going, yep. yeah. And this is in the wintertime, bro. I'm walking doing this. Wow. So we talking about sacrificial moves. Um, so I get down to, <laughs> shit, real. <laughs> so I get down to um, Atlanta. Clutch goes out at the yard. I couldn't even go in reverse. At the KLM yard. I'm dropping the trailer for the week. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at Lashifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts. I'm look at the truck, man. I go in there, I raise hell, man. I raise hell. I say, yo, I say, I just, I had to pay for that though. That's the plot twist. They'll tell you where to take your truck, but they, you, it's coming out of your profit. It's coming right. out of your money. Right. And you can't reprimand them because they sent you there. Nah, nah, not this time. Yeah. So I told them, I was like, yo, y'all sent me, a, y'all got me up here at this bad shop. They messed up my stuff. Y'all gonna hold them accountable? Oh no, you should follow up with them and see if they could. I did that already. I was already on the phone with them before I called you. Right. I just I, I was telling them, man, yeah, I'm pissing my big brother after you. And then my big brother, like, yo, I don't, this your fight. Yeah. So I was like, I right, y'all gonna do me like that. Damn. 